1: Welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film. Joining me this week is Steven Schleicher. Hello. Steven, we went to the movie theater again this weekend. Uh yes, some of us did. And we watched a new movie. Yes, we did. A continuation of a series of movies. Yep. Starting way back when. Yep. Now we're on like what, like, the, like sixth, the sixth one sixth, I think. sixth yeah. X-Men. Franchise
0: film. on if you're not counting the Wolverine Wolverines. Because I the would Deadpool. add on another three. Yeah. And then so you, they're up to about a dozen, I Yeah,
1: guess. they have a lot. We're yeah. talking X Men Apocalypse this yeah, week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so uh, were you excited about uh, this film
0: at all? Not really. I mean, the Apocalypse storyline in comics, uh, this Age of Apocalypse thing, is not that great to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't super enthused about seeing Apocalypse on the screen, especially with the way that they were not doing Apocalypse the way we see him in comics, they attempted to kind of mimic the look of apocalypse, but they went a different direction. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good uh, YouTube video over on tested.com where they're uh, doing a booth tour of uh, the guy that does a lot of the masks mm-hmm. for uh, the Marvel films. And he has this really, this makeup uh, mock of what he thought apocalypse should look like in the movies that they didn't go with. So mm-hmm. I wasn't too thrilled with that.
1: So it, for people that might be like me, what is the comic book storyline for what oh, this is, is being taken from? It is
0: so complex and convoluted. It's <laughs> As probably all things are, best not to go <laughs> in here. Now, I mean, they get into the origin of um, of Apocalypse. At, yeah. at, you know his his uh, Egyptian origins and those kinds of things. Follow along fairly closely to this. Okay, but when you get into Age of Apocalypse and what was going on in Apocalypse uh, trying to change the world and everything that he was doing with that. It's not a very good storyline, and it's one of those big crossover events that okay. spanned all the X titles in the 90s or whenever it was. Okay. And it just wasn't that wasn't that exciting or good. We did review it on the Major Spoilers podcast. Yeah. If anybody wants to go uh, check that out, but uh, you'll hear me complain nonstop about how the whole <laughs> thing makes zero sense at all.
1: Well, you know, that was kind of one of my main complaints of this film. Oh, really? Is that I felt... Like, what is Apocalypse's ultimate goal
0: here besides just destroying the world? Like, right. why does he want to? Right? He does. I mean, it makes no sense except yeah. that he wants to uh, cleanse the earth of everything but people that he deems worthy or people that are survivors, the strong. So he wants to get rid of all the weaklings okay. and really, in a sense, uh, have just mutants around, which is not too much, too unlike what uh, Eric Lesher's uh, Magneto's uh, idea mm-hmm. of, where he wants to create. The not the Superman uh, in the Nazi form, but sure. he wants to create the X Man, the the new evolution of man, and how they will be the dominant form, mm-hmm. and regular humans, the Homo Sapiens, will be nothing. And he prefers the Homo Superior, yeah. which are the X Men. So,
1: yeah, and you know the the classic, you know the the classic hero villain that was set up in the first three X Men mm-hmm. was pretty much. Professor X on one end and Magneto on the right, other. Right, And it's been like that. I guess Days of Future Past was like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and this one well, kind of attempts to do it. Days of Future Past is a little bit different because... Um, oh, that's
1: true. Though. I forgot the whole Trask storyline. Yeah,
0: yeah, the whole Trask storyline <laughs> really makes it a little bit more confusing. Yeah. Uh, where Magneto may be on the side of good or thinking about that, yeah. but something is always in the way of switching him over to the other side and in this case it's um, boulevard and trask and right. uh the sentinels so yeah.
1: And in this it's uh, Magneto kind of on one side as well. Well, so with
0: Apocalypse it, it's this idea, you know, so Apocalypse uh, gets buried for a thousand years or tens of thousands yeah. of years because there are people that don't want him taking over. So uh here's a hint if you're ever in ancient Egypt and you're wanting to build a pyramid, build it on top of pillars instead of just on the on the plain earth. So that your um, <laughs> foes can knock out a couple of big blocks and bring a yeah. you know ten billion ton pyramid crashing down. A pond. Yeah, that
1: was a great way. I feel like to start this entire thing. Like they built this monumental structure, and it took three whacks of a hammer to bring it all down. Like, yeah, good exactly. start for the storyline.
0: Yeah. So he's been he's been hiding <laughs> for ten thousand years, but um, apocalypse when he comes always has the four horsemen with him, four other mutants mm-hmm. that he essentially enhances their power. So right. when he comes to. When he is unearthed in modern times, mm-hmm. he starts looking for people. One of the first people he finds is Storm. Uh, and she always wants to be great, like um um uh what's her name? Uh, um
1: uh you know, her. Uh um oh my gosh. Raven, Ma- Raven Mystique, yeah, Mystique. yeah, Mystique. Yeah. There we go.
0: <laughs> and uh but you know, this promise of being something better than that and giving your powers even more mm-hmm. amps her up into the white-haired mohawk storm right. of the 90s, which is cool. I suppose if you're into white-haired mohawk storm. Um, Then they go after another person and they find Psylocke played by Olivia Munn, which, man, for someone, I mean, Olivia Munn doesn't have a high status as far as acting. I mean, she's done good in Newsroom, but in my opinion, she just kind of threw herself out there when she was on G4 and everything. Oh. She had like five speaking lines in the entire movie. Which was... If, if it was even that much. She was yeah. just like, oh, I know who you want to go see.
1: Yeah, it was nothing. And come, it is time to go. And for how much her role was hyped mm-hmm. leading up to the mm-hmm. film and how she like talked about how she wanted to make sure she had like a big fighting sequence. Mm-hmm. Like, and she's got fighting sequences she and not fighting sequences kind of of stuff. stuff. But it wasn't like the big thing I expected her to have after talking about how she did all this training right. and everything. It right. was smaller than a lot of characters mm-hmm. and kind of ended up on the lower end of a fighting sequence. Oh yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah.
0: She's <laughs> a lot of her stuff got cut out. Yeah. Um, but then Psylocke says, Hey, let's point you to uh, Archangel or angel becomes mm-hmm. Archangel um, because she knows of him through this underground mutant fighting. So right. at this point in the eighties in this uh, stream where we have X-Men first class, um, Oh gosh, what are all the X-Men movies?
1: Oh, it's uh, X-Men and the next two, and then uh, whatever that third one, Last Stand, and then First Class, Days of Future Past, Age of Apocalypse.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking of, um, of Days of Future Past. Yeah. Um, so you go from first class to days of future past, uh, mutants have started to become, especially after days of future past, when they stop Magneto and stop yeah, the, what's the going weird on. Diversion. Yeah. Then people are being more accepting of mutants, but there's still a lot of uh, crazy mutant, um, hate going yeah. on. And so they will throw mutants in the ring and fight each other. And mm-hmm. so at one point, Psylocke learns of, uh, angel and, um, um, not daredevil, uh, <laughs> Nightcrawler, nightcrawler. Yep. Uh, fighting with one another. And so then they go and they task Archangel to come and join their team. And then the third one that they find is uh, Magneto. And in and, and that one where you're getting at is that um, Apocalypse is playing upon Magneto's hatred of humans, mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. And he does that with everybody, where he's like, "Oh, I can fix you, Angel. I can make you something better than you've ever been before." Right, uh, Magneto, I will give you power unlike anything that you've ever had before, or ever experienced before. And then um, uh, the fourth one is who's the fourth uh, horseman in this movie?
1: No, you got them all. It's uh Storm, Storm Psylocke, Psylocke. Air Archangel, Archangel, and Magneto. Magneto.
0: Okay, yeah. uh, so the, that's how they that's how they form everything. And then mm-hmm. it's just like, "Hey, let's tear apart the earth." So go at right. it. All four of you go at it. Although. The real destruction is coming from Magneto. Right. And then they find out that, oh, in the search for Magneto, because he's suddenly been discovered as being on at large, Charles Xavier puts on his cerebro helmet right. and goes looking for Magneto, which triggers mm-hmm. Apocalypse to go, oh, you oh. could be even more powerful. I, I'm surprised he wasn't trying to throw away the other four one of yeah. the other four in favor of Charles Xavier, but he's like, Oh no, you will serve the most important role. Right. I will transfer my body into you. So that I can continue to live and have the perfect body and and control the the minds of everybody. Yeah, the last big superpower that I need. And of course, then that means that um, all of the X-Men need to gear up and go save Professor X. Right. And so the world is destroyed, uh, being destroyed, and we've got uh, Mystique and we've got um, Cyclops and um, Phoenix and, um, or Jean Grey Phoenix. Yeah, Jean Grey. Beast. Beast. Beast.
1: And uh, Nightcrawler Nightcrawler and Quicksilver Quicksilver.
0: all go to the rescue. And Biff Bam Boom, it's wrapped up very nicely and neatly. Everybody destroys Apocalypse. Everybody goes home. And Psylocke slips off into the dark. Right. To come again another day.
1: Yeah, that's the whole breakdown of the story, essentially. There are some weird elements that I really... if You know how we just have to kill
0: people to give... People, uh, I mean,
1: here's the thing the, the thing with, okay, the Magneto so with, thing with was man ridiculous. of steel,
0: with Man of Steel, uh, they're oh, they're kidding. destroying a fictional city, right? <laughs> and people are just like, Look okay, at all sure. the people getting killed, oh! yeah. <laughs> and no one says do wa poo about all the millions of people that are dying as bridges are collapsing and bridges are destroying. <laughs> There's a part where when he is wiping across, he literally wipes out the city of Cairo in yeah. a blink of an eye to build a new pyramid. There's a part where, as one of the buildings, is being destroyed and crushed. You can hear people screaming inside.
1: Yeah. And then they cut to New York at some point
0: and there's part of New York being destroyed blocks and blocks of New York, tall skyscrapers being destroyed. Oh man. I don't see anybody on the internet going outrage over the loss of lives in here. This was uh, a very... I'm I'm going to continue to point this out every time (laughs) because people made such a a stink on this on Man of Steel, Mm -hmm. which was not nearly as big a deal as what we're seeing in these other movies. Mm -hmm. Even in in, uh, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, you've got a whole country being dumped on itself, (laughs) turned inside out. And, of course, they do bring it up in Civil War, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, well... There you go. I mean, it's this is happening. This is what happens in superhero movies. There are all these imaginary people that you will never, ever see in any of these buildings who die, right? Or you mm. can presume that they're dying, but it doesn't ever happen. I mean, it's not real death. It's not stuff to get worked up over.
1: Yeah, and I don't think this yes, franchise but the body is count. ever going to
0: be addressing that. On top of that, though, the body count does get really crazy when the x men are kidnapped and hauled off to um the weapon x program whatever the um oh, uh, place uh, up in alaska yeah, is what's called his faces. and they op- and they let wolverine out of his pen and he kills like everybody in the everyone in the facility is dead yeah. for wolverine yeah
1: and i didn't realize wolverine was going to be in this until like the last trailer i saw for oh, the right, thing right, with right. his one little claw mm-hmm. shoots out mm-hmm. um why was wolverine even in this movie what did he accomplish besides here's wolverine He's going to bring up a a quick action bit in a lull of a movie.
0: Well, so if you remember at the end of Days of Future Past, uh, Stryker drug Wolverine up out of the uh, river. And that was they were basically going to try to weaponize him. Mm -hmm. And so they went and they put him into the Weapon X program, buried him in the bunker. Well, if you're trying to get from Days of Future Past to the very first X-Men movie from way back in 2000... There's a whole sequence where he's like, yeah, I don't remember what was going on. I mm-hmm. don't remember of my past. I have these flashes, but I was, I remember running wild through Alaska or wherever they're running from. And maybe it was in the second movie in X2. Charles Xavier sends him off to go find this secret underground mm-hmm. program where he finds out that he was this weapon X, this, this, uh, subject, mm-hmm. uh, this test subject. And so I think what they're trying to do is show if nothing else in this X-Men franchise, how Wolverine went from the days of future past in the bottom of a river to being let loose upon the world so that if you were watching this in a chronological order instead of movie release order, by the time you hit X-Men in 2000, him running around in the world makes a lot more sense.
1: (laughs) But aren't we going to come... Now that, Tades, if you pass, a, mess with the timeline, are we, we're not even timeline. in the no, timeline that's what a lot of that because all these kids out. are so much younger than they would be it, in
0: Well, X. yes and no. I mean, you're talking about 1983 for X-Men Apocalypse. By the time you hit X-Men, if that were taking place in 2000, they'd all be at 20 years older uh, or 15 oh. years older. So, I mean, it kind of falls and along it kind of works. Line. There are some continuity uh, issues that people are bringing up as far as the order of these movies only because... Nightcrawler is in two different movies and in both of the movies that he <laughs> appears, he's meeting them for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have tried to address some of the things with Beast and his transformation from the guy that we see in Days of Future Past and Apocalypse and First Class and Kelsey Grammer and the other movies. <laughs> so they're trying to sort it out, but there are some inconsistencies and continuities, which you can always throw away as well. That all changed with Days of Future Past and screwing mm-hmm. with the timeline, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it seems that that's kind of what the reason why... To throw Wolverine in there is to give X Men fans some Wolverine action, right? And to also try to lock in the cycle of what was going on.
1: And so, do you think moving forward? Because I believe they already announced the next one will take place in the '90s. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. But I don't think Brian Singer is, is going to be. Yeah, he's with stepping that. away he's, for he's a film, taking a break from that.
1: Um, but do so you, you think they're going to continue trying to hit the same timeline beats that was established essentially in those first couple films? Or are they going to give themselves leeway to do a whole nother, like, Phoenix
0: Saga now that she's back in there? Yeah, they could do a Phoenix Saga. It seems like X-Men Last Stand has kind of been washed away where they're kind of like, eh, we'd rather not. Remember that first uh, Fantastic Four movie? Yeah, we'd rather just forget that. It seems like that's what they're doing with Last Stand with the revelation that, you know, that Jean Grey unleashes her Phoenix powers here and they're making a big deal of how she can't control it and how she may be the most powerful mutant out mm-hmm. there. And um, so, yeah, I think maybe in the 90s we could see a, um, a Dark Phoenix saga as, of some point. I wouldn't say X-Men Last Stand was a Dark Phoenix saga, except that she died at the end of X2 and yeah. we knew that she was coming back. So I don't know. It's It's interesting. This is an interesting franchise because we are seeing two different versions of the Mm X-Men converging and they have converged in days of future past where we had uh, Patrick Stewart Mm -hmm. and uh, Serene Keller, uh, uh, Ian. um, What's his last name? Keller. Yeah. um, Is that right? Yeah. Play their, play their uh, selves with Michael Fassbender and um, the other dude. The other man. Yeah. I don't remember. I actually know his name at all. Oh, come on, Zach. Is it Ben something? Ben Kingsley? no, no, (laughs) I don't know. I don't have I actually don't idea. even know. I don't, I don't have, have, have my IMDb eye. open. But up, I, open I don't my think my I ever account. knew his name. Um, ba, 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 James McAvoy. Okay, yeah, I did. Yeah, know that. As, as playing Charles Xavier. So we do get to see those kinds of things. And that—that that was my thought. But at the same time, it this. seems like the further away we're now—seventeen years, sixteen years away yeah, so from away. the first X-Men movie—that it almost seems like, yeah, we can start to rewrite over some of this stuff yeah. or try to ignore some of this stuff. And I—I I suppose at some point. It will all come back around, and as long as um, as long as Wolverine wants to continue to play uh, Wolverine, right? Then I think that w- they could seriously redo the first three X Men movies, get rid of all that, and just say this this X Men franchise really starts with X Men Origins Wolverine, and moves forward from there.
1: Well, that I mean, because that's my question. Going from this, and they're not going to stop making these
0: Hugh Jackman. I know who it is.
1: Um, or will uh, they? Because my question is: know. is this is, movie this did not, not perform no. box office wise? It did well based off of the holiday weekend. Right, it had the biggest uh, first day drop out of the last three X Men, starting with mm-hmm. uh, First Class. And it's it's got a a good box office number right now based off the holiday weekend. As, it's going
0: to drop. As of this recording, it's made seventy nine million dollars yeah. domestically, which is not great for a big holiday yeah. weekend. 178
1: it should have seventy eight million dollar budget.
0: Foreign though, one hundred eighty six million. So yeah. two hundred sixty five uh, uh, worldwide on a hundred seventy eight million dollar budget. That's pretty good. So yeah, I think they'll continue to make X Men movies. Right. And I don't think as much as people want Marvel to bring the X-Men in like they're doing with Spider-Man or those kinds of things. I don't think that's going to happen.
1: I would think if they don't do something that really catches people again in the next two that they might start looking at talks of, are we doing a partial Spider-Man thing? Because yeah. I think they're going to well, let's Jennifer Lawrence turn in on
0: themselves. Has she said she's done with Mystique?
1: Yeah, she said it at one point, but she kind of said she was open to do more. Okay.
0: So as long as they continue to back up the money truck to the house, like they're doing yeah. with Hugh Jackman, who I think just loves playing. Wolverine, oh, I think he does, too. Uh, you know, you're going to continue to get that. But And so for 20th Century Fox, I don't think that it's a wise choice for them at this point to try to integrate them. And, and that's kind of the way no. comic books have been for a long time, too, where you don't see a lot of X-Men on Avengers teams. And anytime you have like a Civil War, the first uh, Civil War um, Storyline in comics. The X Men were basically like, hey man, we're taking a backseat to this. You mm-hmm. guys can work it out however you want. We've got our own mutant registration problem, so just back off. Sure. And that's kind of how it's worked in the movie universe, where X Men, all the mutants go over there and do your thing. All the Marvel characters, the rest of the Marvel universe will stay over here and do our thing. Mm-hmm. And everything will just be cool with one another.
1: My thing is, I'm trying to pull up By MDB, but it's got stupid ads. Did Brian Singer do last stand, or did he do the first two, took a break and then came excuse me, came back for first class.
0: Hmm, that is a good question.
1: Because he's done most of them over the last almost two decades of X Men. Yeah, I want to say he's films. done most of them. Yeah, but I thought he took off last stand. Or he took off one of them. And that I was remember. Brett
0: Ratner who directed Last Stand. Right.
1: Yeah. And that one was not
0: no, not very good.
1: Very good, right? And so then they came back yeah, that's and redid what first, everything. That's what with first class. First, yeah. first class with Singer. Mm-hmm. And so Singer's taking off this next one. And I'm wondering if this X-Men film they're going to do in the 90s performs below standards of what they believe a big budget X-Men movie should do over there at Fox, do they reevaluate... Like, Brian Singer, please come back and save this franchise again, or are they looking at potentially redoing, just scrapping all the cast members and starting over? Or are they looking at maybe Marvel? That's my question about where X Men well, lands I, I as mean, a I franchise going forward, because hmm. they have been around for a long time. And how how are they going to keep this franchise fresh going forward for forever? unless they want to revert all the rights back to Marvel.
0: You know, they can find somebody different. I mean, there's always somebody, some brilliant mind out there that will come and step up and do... No, sure. more than happy to do uh, Take on the X-Men. And I think that there's probably some very creative talent out there, young talent, male and female, who could just step up and knock, uh, do a good directing job on any Mm -hmm. movie that was presented to them in the superhero genre if they wanted to do that. I don't think Brian Singer is the X-Man director any more than Zack Snyder is the DC Comics director. No. Um, or any more so than George Lucas or J.J. Or J. Abrams is the Star Wars right. director. Uh, so, I don't know. I He's done a fine job. I mean, I enjoyed this movie for what it was. I mean, it wasn't kind anything spectacular. <laughs> is it the most exciting movie I've seen this summer? No. no. Um, But it did what it set out to do.
1: Yeah, right? I think there is... Like, I'm hopeful, because I think the young kids they brought on for this were good. I mean, you look at Sophie Turner with Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing actress. And then, uh, I don't remember her name. Whoever played Storm, I really liked. I like all the young mm-hmm. kids that they have yeah. the potential to build
0: this franchise I, on.
1: I did, I just too. hope they don't. Like, I want they need a better script with way better dialogue than what this film. Yes. Presented. This
0: one was very poor on the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I think some of the actors and actresses were not given, like I said, Olivia Munn. And I like Olivia Munn. Don't get me wrong. Um, she's not the greatest, but, um,
1: she she's can, all, she also,
0: she, she also can do more than she what she they did do in this movie. a lot more
1: than what she did And
0: here. then the, uh, the girl who played, uh, Jubilee, uh, Lana Condor, uh, Fantastic, I thought, as Jubilee. Mm -hmm. Too bad they also didn't give her any lines or allow her to use her Jubilee powers. Yeah. So, yeah, not... um, uh, They could have done more. They could have, yeah. Especially when they made a big deal about her early on, and then she's relegated to like, okay, the five of us are going to run off and do stuff. The rest of you kids stay here at the mansion. She doesn't get to go with them at all. She's
1: just stuck there. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's just like total waste of talent.
1: Yeah, and so they have... The building blocks there. I'm just hoping they can figure out the right configuration of that to do a really good next movie to keep this going because they've essentially reduced the age of their cast by half without doing a complete reboot. They just keep introducing all the new
0: characters. As long as as this movie is making more than what it costs to make, the X-Men franchise will continue just like James Bond. There were times in, in the James Bond franchise when Timothy Dalton and some of those other yahoos were <laughs> running the James Bond uh, ship into the ground
1: mm-hmm.
0: that they could have just said, you know, what we're not making any more James Bond movies. But they said, you know, this is a legacy character. This is a legacy product. This is something that does have appeal. Why don't we find a new way to tell these stories? Why don't we find a new James Bond? Why don't we find a director that understands this? And then you come out with Daniel Craig and pow. I mean, mm-hmm. it totally rejuvena- rejuvenated the James Bond franchise. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what's needed with the X-Men where you don't need to have the, I mean, I know a lot of people would be upset by saying, Oh, Hugh Jackman's not Wolverine. You're bringing in someone else. How outrageous is that? But I think that's okay. Yeah. At some point you're going to have to say, yes, these actors may be too old uh, or whatever. uh, can't perform the way they used to. And so they are out as much as we'd like to see Patrick Stewart and as much as he's still active He may not have a desire to play Charles Xavier ever again. So I think it's okay that after a while you take a break and you come back and uh, tell a new X-Men story with Mm -hmm. different characters, different actors, different directors, different, you know, production people problem though is with James Bond. You have the bro- the broccoli family, which owns everything, right? So mm-hmm. they decide whether they want to do another James Bond film or not, right? And they allow the production studios to do to do that, to bid on that, and and uh, uh, put that forward. Mm-hmm. X Men, on the other hand, is a little bit different because if 20th Century Fox said, you know what, maybe we need to take a break. Maybe, maybe we can take a couple year break before we decide if we want to do another X Men movie again. That doesn't work for 20th Century Fox because if they don't have something in active development, the rights to the X-Men then could revert back to Marvel. Mm. And when you have a franchise that has probably made, out of all the movies, probably $6 billion probably. over the course of, of, yeah. of time. all of the movies. Yeah, if you combined all the yeah. movies, probably $6 billion. That's not something that they're willing no, to no, no. to give up on if that means that, hey, in this next movie we can make another $300 million mm-hmm. uh, on a $150 million budget mm-hmm. with what we're seeing with the Deadpool movie. Right. Uh, we could really see them say, well, look what they did with the Deadpool movie. Let's knock off $50 million. Well, $50 million probably just went to Hugh Jackman in that budget, <laughs> right. but um, let's knock another $50 million off the budget. Let's take it down to $100 million and do another solid, tight story and see if we can make 300 million on top of that,
1: yeah. That I mean, that's what I'm more interested in. I think they're gonna make money because it's an X Men film, it's and just it has like Transformers movies make, I just
0: make money, the, would like them Ninja to Turtles make money, put uh, a, a film together that is good, is good,
1: <laughs> is good. Like, I enjoyed Days of Future Past, yeah. Uh, Days of Future Past was, was, was really cool. I enjoyed First Class
0: too, yeah. A few first Class was good for what it and was, and
1: this I did was like, there were some moments that I thought were nice. But overall, there were a I lot thought, of
0: inconsistencies. Yeah, there were I thought things this that didn't was... make a lot of sense. You know, like, why did they have to take them to the Weapon Axe facility? Why yeah. did they have to do all that? That was stuff that didn't need to be in the movie except to get Wolverine in there and to get Striker in there and all of that stuff. Uh, Quicksilver, again, is the star of the movie with, with that sequence. And they blew a and, you know, crap it, ton of the money budget yeah, gosh, on on that running sequence. And, again. And I, I
1: didn't even think it was as
0: effective didn't think as, it was the, as, effective as Days of
1: Future Past either.
0: No. I didn't either. Because, because we, we saw, that. It. We, we, saw we it. We saw what was coming. Yeah. And there were a few laughs in the theater when he was doing his, sure. his little yeah, stunts while lot. saving people. But again, it was something that eh, we've seen this before. And if they mm-hmm. do that same gimmick again at a third time, if they just kind of follow yeah. the same formula, oh. audiences are going to, nah, this is nothing new. Much. This is, the, well, it's not too much. It's just, well, I mean, it's like we've you're not seen this seen too many anything. times. Yeah. So, yeah uh, give me something new, something bigger. And I suppose destroying the world is something bigger. But that's- I don't think that's what audiences want in this. I
1: I enjoyed their use of his power more at the end when they were trying to stop Magneto Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it wasn't just a four minute scene of him flying around, readjusting things. Right. But him actually plot wise doing something important with his powers. Mm -hmm. Um, And that worked. But um, I mean, it's technically as cool as that Quicksilver scene was. I mean, it was essentially the same thing. Right. Just done again in kind of a right. bigger space. Yeah.
0: And we have a, a breakdown of that sequence over at Majorspoilers.com. Yeah. If anybody wants to see it.
1: So. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's impressive. They use a 3,000 mm-hmm. frames per second camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, what? what do you, what do you think of uh, Poe Dameron as, as bad guy apocalypse?
1: Yeah. So, here's something crazy. Didn't even realize that was Oscar Isaac until I was reading stuff about the film. This, uh right before I came over, I was like, I had no idea who it was. It didn't matter because they were plastered in mm-hmm. uh, uh, synthetics and pla- paint and then right. voice modulated the entire right, time right, right. and not given really any room to act besides, I am big God man. Right, right, uh, right. You have lots of powers. Right. And then it was done because uh, he's an amazing actor. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's-
0: uh, I mean, he was freaking, Fantastic in uh, Ex Machina, oh, uh, which yeah. was which was fantastic. And uh,
1: him in Drive as well. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Just, and just- Star Wars for the little party had was great. (laughs) I
0: mean, (laughs) which is where everybody knows him. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Which is crazy. Oh yeah, you know that little movie Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars movie he was in. Yeah, yeah, he's really great. And so to see him lacquered up like he was, and just I don't know, it it just didn't seem like he was.
1: Like it seemed like that part could have been played by By anybody, any person they found. Yeah, that you know would have that should have been Andy Serkis. Andy Circus well, should have been because uh, it was like, I gotta be in a movie and people will see my face. No, Andy Circus, right. no one will still see her face. Right. You get a movie. Yeah, and, and really covered.
0: even I mean, as much as the face that they showed you, it was very hard to tell that it was uh that it was a side. No, not at all. Yeah.
1: Which was just crazy. Yeah. Um, why did they have to kill uh Magneto's family again? I don't know. That was it crazy. Was I was like, are they really doing this? They're, yeah, it's just the man hasn't to. been through enough in his
0: life that we it's have to give him to a drive family. Him Drive him over the edge. Um, it was crazy, and then to not have Quicksilver come out and say, "Hey, I'm your, I'm your son." Yeah, even though I think they kind of both knew, it it was mm-hmm. kind of if he would have said, "I'm your son," then it would probably have flipped Magneto to the side of good a lot faster because he didn't really flip over until no. uh, Quicksilver started trashing uh, Apocalypse. So, oh yeah, I don't know. It there's different triggers, and I don't know it, it, the beats of the movie were just not very good. Or they were misplaced oh, no. or ill timed or you know, the, all sorts the of things. The flow
1: of this film was just all over the place. Cause you would go from uh like kids in the X Mansion to overly dramatic music as Apocalypse finds his other horsemen and convinces them to be evil, and then you'd get a nice
0: quip of him saying the exact
1: same thing he has you to know, everyone else. I don't pay
0: much attention back back to to, to soundtracks. Yeah. And so I don't know if they've done this in other movies, but man, it sounded like they were using the leitmotif of the X-Men uh, 90s animated series in this a lot. No, 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 It was just, it, it, was, it was running me. through there a lot. And I was like, wow, that sounds like the animated series, a theme that's running mm-hmm. through there. And I don't know if they had used that in past X-Men movies or not, but it just, it just, uh just felt that way. Interestingly... Uh, bo- uh, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes list X-Men Apocalypse at Rotten at 48%. And I would say, yeah, that's probably about that's right. I would have had it at about 50, 55, yeah. 60, somewhere around there. Definitely down on the super low end side. Yeah. But definitely not in the awesome, great category. It's something no, that no, they put no. out to make some money. And they did it. So that's the that's the uh, re- uh, critics rating. Audience score sits still at 74%. So I'm really? kind of right in between there.
1: Uh, yeah, I would, I'm... Probably not too far off with that critic score. I can just, um, you know, and I like the X-Men. Don't get me wrong. I've liked the films and leading up to this. Oh, no, we know you're anti-mutants. I am. Get out of here with your freaking powers. I'm going <laughs> to drive my car to work and use a pencil to write. So you have to do the same. Get out of here. You freaking mutants. Um, <laughs> he's joking. Of course, which, of course I would love powers. Um, but the, the film was like if they can do something really interesting with the kind of cast they showed at the end of the danger room mm-hmm. and they're like okay now we're gonna do something just wacky cool fun and but like a good story like i don't care what they do the 90s it's a weird 90s thing the 90s yeah. are weird if they can do something fine i'm like okay fine i'll accept age of apocalypse as a starting board for this new thing of all mm-hmm. these young characters mm-hmm. and that would be great and if that's all of this is and they can still make $300 million off this film. Good job, Fox. Yeah. Because you just did something without having to just drastically
0: reboot your entire franchise well, there are without a lot of, pissing I mean, everyone off. There are a lot of, of franchises that that do that. I mean, that they can crank it out. I said Transformers. Yeah. They can do it, and they're still going to make uh, $500 million on this next movie.
1: Yeah, I did. Do, which is a uh, fun fact. My mom called me on Friday. She goes, hey, in the lot next to our PetSmart warehouse... There's a Transformers production crew like flipping cars and trying to f- do all this test stuff of like going to production. Oh, really? And I was like, I didn't even know there was one announced. And then I go on there yeah. today and there's the announcement video. Yep. I'm
0: like, oh, that's fun. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right now, critic rating 20%. Audience anticipation 94%. Oh, that movie will still make... <laughs> it's going to make a lot of it'll money. It'll make $600 million worldwide. Well, and that
1: one gets a more of a kid appeal than probably yeah, this film Yeah, it does.
0: Too. I mean, yeah, you're right. It does. But I mean, there are movies that we all will turn our nose up at sparkly vampire movies, um, <laughs> that kind of stuff that we don't care for. That there's still an audience for, and yeah. as long as there's still an audience for it, as long as it's making, as long as it's making basically uh, its budget and a half because of P and R, they're going to continue to make these movies. Now, if X Men had only come in at, I don't know, hundred and fifty million by today worldwide then yes i think the the franchise would be called into question mm-hmm. but it's already made its budget back plus pnr probably and that's in its opening weekend so or its opening week mm-hmm. so in the next couple of weeks it'll shoot past that to 300 million and they'll say yes if we can spend 150 and make an additional 150 on top of that we're good
1: do you think because coming out this week is is the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, movie. it'll it'll. Do take you the think X Men? Do you think X Men can beat Turtles? because yeah. it's probably going to need to. No, I don't get the think. Budget it, going. I think
0: Turtles will probably take the the next week's box office. Really? Yeah.
1: And you don't think? I mean, that uh, big of X-Men a cut will be number will hurt two. X Men.
0: No. You don't think so? No, I mean it'll it'll drop at sixty five seventy percent, like everyone expects mm-hmm. it to. And it'll just go away, but at the same time you take sixty percent, take forty percent of uh three hundred million or two seventy five or whatever it's at now, and that's still another eighty million dollars being added onto it. So yeah, I think it'll be fine. Well, all right. Well that's good. <laughs> I mean, it's not gonna be number one. I, I really don't think that it's gonna be number one. I, I really think Ninja Turtles will open at the first place. Um I mean, I think if Next Men X Men would have had
1: a better reception overall. I probably could have stuck around and probably beat Ninja Turtles, but mm-hmm. with well, how it's tracking
0: re- review wise, I don't think it's going to have that second weekend. No, probably not. And let's see. It depends on how many theaters it says. Cause X-Men Apocalypse opened at 4,100 theaters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ninja Turtles is opening at, uh, about 400 fewer theaters nationwide. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe it could be a, a second no, week a battle. I mean, um, uh, Angry Birds was able to hold steady for that uh, two weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. And so I think that they're fine with that, too. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see another Angry Birds movie. We'll (laughs) see another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. We'll see another X-Men movie for sure. Oh, yeah. And that will continue until it really hits that weird Spider-Man place where the movie just was awful. And Sony was in such turmoil that they had to turn to Marvel and say, we'll fund it. You make it. Mm-hmm. and uh, let's let's all be happy people.
1: So does, in the world of property recognition, does X-Men have more recognition and popularity than Spider-Man no, does?
0: No, uh uh-uh. I, I don't know. I would say Spider-Man is Marvel's biggest property, mm-hmm. right? If you were to say, I mean, people will know who Spider-Man is. X-Men, can you name a dozen X-Men? Maybe, I, sure. I barely can. Yeah, so when you say X-Men... Eh, I don't know. Spider-Man's certainly a bigger draw. I think if you said X-Men and Wolverine, people would know Wolverine over the X-Men.
1: Mm.
0: That's my personal opinion. No, I, but I, 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 I would say that Spider-Man is a bigger seller for, for Marvel.
1: So did the Spider-Man movies just suck that much? that That's why they had to go back to Marvel and well, save the franchise? Was the the was it just management? Management?
0: Well, the Andrew Garfield movie was not great. And I don't think that it made its budget back, if I remember oh, correctly. Uh, what was that called? Good. Spider-Man...
1: Uh Mary Jane dies at the end.
0: I know that's not what the name of the movie is. No, it's not, I'm sorry. <laughs> but thanks for spoiling it for you <laughs> for everyone. Uh The Amazing Spider-Man, is that what it was? Yeah. Was that the uh Yeah, Amazing okay, Spider-Man. So The Amazing Spider-Man had an estimated budget of 230 million dollars. It did 757 worldwide, which was good, but it mm-hmm. wasn't the billion dollar breaker that they that they wanted. Uh, so they were getting ready to do things again, and people just kind of were soured. Here in the U.S., it only made $262 million, so it barely made over its production budget. And people were just, man, eh, just okay on it, mm-hmm. I guess. I, I liked it. I liked, yeah, uh, I liked Andrew Garfield. I liked, Garfield. I, I liked him in in the role of Spider-Man, but they decided that, hey, we need to take a break from this. Uh, then that's when all the, the brouhaha hit the fan a couple of years ago with the Sony hacks, mm-hmm. and word got out that the Sony and... Uh, Marvel had been talking about how do we share these characters Mm -hmm. and still make everyone happy. And then suddenly Sony flipped out and said, "Okay, here's we all need to work together and we're going to let you guys do this and we'll pay it. And so now that's how we've got things back on track with Spider-Man Homecoming.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and that kind of gets me back to what the X-Men thing. It worries me because I don't feel like the X-Men movies when when they brought Garfield back figured out something really good and new to kind of go with and they were kind of just falling back on that same Spider-Man story that's always there. Right. And so I I mean that's my worry about these X-Men things is they're not going to be able to keep up and keep fresh. Oh no, in. there's
0: all sorts of crazy ass <laughs> X-Men stories. I mean, if we're talking about the 90s, yeah. I mean, we're talking about like X-Force, we're talking about the new mutants. We're talking about that whole Mojo uh, incident that went on. That big uh, story arc there. I mean, wow! They could go in a million directions with that. Um, but how many of those are they? Good directions? Still have none of them because it's the nineties. <laughs> I mean, and, even, and if they wanted to, they could even try to do because they, I think that they still have co ownership of Scarlet Witch too. Um, yeah, something weird like that. They could still do a Scarlet Witch no more mutants, you know, storyline. Uh, they could do all sorts of things. To explore these different huge arcs that happened with the mutants mm. and they could still make it really good. I mean, you've got cable for gosh sakes and the X-Force that you can still bring into this, which Deadpool will probably get it for first. Yeah. But I mean, there's so many stories that are to be told Okay, without having to rehash things again and again. And there are things that are even in the the 60s, I'm sorry, in the 70s and 80s uh, stories that haven't been told. I mean, really, the Dark Phoenix saga what we saw in uh, last stand is nothing. It was not even close to what the Dark Phoenix Saga is about, and they could still do that with space people's and whatnot. So, mm. they could go in a lot of directions with it.
1: Well, that's good. Um, production-wise, that's good. Um, did you have, I mean besides the Quicksilver scene, what'd you
0: think? A lot of weird shots where it felt like they were on a green screen even though they weren't, mm. where it just felt like wow, the lighting is really having the character stand out from the background to where it looks like it's rear projected or green oh, screen, yeah. which I didn't really care for. But I mean, composition wise is fine. I mean, uh, editing I thought was fine. I mean, there's nothing spectacular about it, which I guess if it doesn't call attention to itself, it's done its job.
1: Yeah. Um, I didn't realize this until reading an interview. The cinematographer was Newton Siegel, who has done all of the Brian Singer X-Men mm-hmm. films. um, which then I thought, like there is definitely an aesthetic to these X Men films that transverse all of them, and kind of, if you think of color palettes and everything, really flow together really well, and don't get too far out of really what they established back um, in the very first X Men. Um, right. So that's kind of a, you know, a good world building thing. Because I don't yeah, think really I mean, like you're going like to find
0: out that there are people that you enjoy working with. Yeah. And if that person is working for you and you get along and you understand one another, then um, then I think that that's, you just continue that that team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, from a, a camera nerd side, they filmed with the Alexa right. uh, in Days of Future Past, but they actually went to Red on oh, okay. this one mm-hmm. uh, because I think the minis... Weren't doing on-camera recording yet for the Alexas, and they want to be able to do that with uh, this production, so Mm -hmm. they switched to the Reds. Uh, So that's your uh, nerdy camera update of the film (laughs) for this week, Uh, letting you know what each production is shooting on with, in case you ever want to rent a really expensive camera.
0: Reds are not that expensive. Actually, no.
1: I think in the realm of high-quality digital film cameras, those are probably on the lower end of
0: costs. Okay. Yes, it definitely is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just didn't want you to think that, oh, man, if I wanted to rent one of these, it'd be like 10000 a day. It's not. Oh, no, 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 no. no that's what I'm saying a, You all. get a nice package of that if yeah. you're just talking rental like 500 bucks a day. No, you so.
1: could like buy one for like $10,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, besides that, I didn't think there was anything too crazy besides the Quicksilver scene that they really did. And um, power-wise, I'm trying to think of anything really stuck out. I think, um, uh, I mean, like Psylocke's bl- uh, energy blade thing looked mm-hmm. like looked
0: cool, yeah, was, and that was fine. Like and, it was from the comics; that was fine. Yeah, and yeah.
1: so uh, everything else just kind of was what it was, and mm-hmm. I don't, f- I don't remember any glaring horrible special effects. No, mistakes. I mean like, there really wasn't. The I mean, like I films. said, this
0: and this is the problem with what's going on is that we didn't get to see anything new. I mean, yeah. there was nothing really different than what we have seen before Mm -hmm. and so that is where i think the big failing is is that didn't present anything new Mm -hmm. didn't present new ideas Mm -hmm. it it, it, the apocalypse thing is you know if you had the ability to wipe out people who are more inferior than you would you do it for ultimate power that wasn't even a a solid argument in the movie no so that's just like let's just go through these motions and beat a bunch of things up and blow a bunch of things up and in the end it was just like. You told a story, but I don't think you, I don't think you poked the audience enough to make them think, to make them react, to make them engaged in the movie. Yeah. It's just, let's sit there and tune out.
1: Especially coming off of Vase of Future Past, which is probably my favorite main X-Men franchise Mm -hmm, film. mm -hmm. And as, you know, complicated story-wise as that was, and mixing uh, different actors of the same character... And forcing you to watch like characters you see from the previous films die and right. then come back right, and right, right. as back and forth as that film was and um, managed the different timelines. I felt really well to come to this, which is um, much more of a simplistic, straightforward storyline mm-hmm. to kind of bobble it around so much. I think even increased the dissatisfaction of yeah. watching this film. Yeah. So I'm not
0: great. Not a, Man, it was not a was, great weekend at the yeah, theater. It was even. fine. It was just fine. And I'll tell you what. I, I try to I try to talk myself and make, make myself more excited about the film. Yeah. But the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, there just really wasn't there just really wasn't anything that got me excited.
1: No. And that was the and even like the teaser at the end of the film, which is a, a designed to make you excited for right, the next right. film, was so horribly like i didn't even know what was happening it was so if there was some reference to something in there it was so comic book uh knowledge hidden that yeah, I, I don't understand. know enough
0: about essex corp too to know yeah um bah, 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 bah. oh that's mr uh sinister is who his group is uh um, oh, and okay. geneticist so eh, eh, we'll see
1: yeah uh, how was your uh, theater experience this time? I guess it was okay.
0: It wasn't horrible. Yeah. I did find out something cool though. Oh, what's that? Yeah. This was cool because, you know, they have the sign now at the uh, register. That's a lot more clear that says, you know, if you need assistive technologies and whatnot, mm-hmm. and they're like, Hey, if you need to hear better, we've got the headphones for you. Oh, cool. We've got, uh, you know, all this thing. And I said, and then it had um, closed captioning. And I just asked the woman behind the counter. Cause there was like nobody in the theater. Yeah. This is like 20 minutes before the theater. No one's in the lobby. I'm the only one there. And I just asked the girl behind the register. I'm like, how do you guys do closed captioning? Yeah, Because i never, I was like, there's nothing that pops up on the screen. I'm like, do you no. wear special glasses or something? And then it magically appears. And she's like, no. And she went into the back and she pulled it out. And it's this thing that you set in your cup holder. And I guess you, I don't think you position it right over your eyes, but you can put it below your eyes. And inside there, it prints, it's got the words of the whole movie. Going across, going across for you so that you can see it just like you would see the subtitles. Really? And I was like, I didn't ask her for a demonstration or anything, but I was like, oh, so it just sits in your cup holder and you position in your eyes. She goes, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't know that. I did not know that that's how closed captioning in movies works. So, I learned something this
1: yeah, week. Yeah, I'd always wondered that, too, because I see theaters like closed captioning available. I'm like, w- do they have a special theater that's yeah, yeah. just like projected with the things yeah, on it. Yeah,
0: I didn't know. And I didn't know if, if it meant that you had to wear some goggles or something. you got to see something that wasn't being projected, you know, like the, the three oh, left, sure. right type stuff. But no, it's just a little device that's that you put in front of your face and or down below so that you can see what's being uh, wow. set on the screen. And there you go. Now, I know the assisted technology huh. is just a pair of uh, headphones that you wear mm. that you can turn the volume up on. Oh, that's so, fun. You know. But It'd that be,
1: was- What are their noise canceling? Can I, you just get in with the noise canceling? I
0: had, I knew a guy when I lived in Atlanta that he and his wife, I, I don't know, uh, he and his wife would go to the movie theater and they would intentionally, even though they're our height, yeah. would intentionally get the seat boosters so they could sit up <laughs> higher and they would intentionally get the headphones so they could not listen to all the other noisy people in the theater and just listen to the movie. That's <laughs> where they sit with the seat boosters,
1: like fifth like row. in the middle, something like that. Yeah, you know, they didn't.
0: They would not sit uh, they too like, far in the back forward or, or too far back. Nope, <laughs> they just sit. They get the seat boosters, and like, why do you guys do that? Because we want to be, see over everybody's heads. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I can't blame you, but what about the people behind you? And yeah, like, that's their fault. They should get
1: seat boosters. Yeah. Everyone's up seat boosters. Yeah.
0: So there you go. Learn something. Well, that's very interesting. That was probably the best thing about my movie-going experience. What about you? You saw it at the same theater, right?
1: Uh, I saw the same theater, theater and I saw it- I saw it. it in Theater 8. I saw it in Theater 1. Oh, okay. Opening uh, Thursday evening. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how
0: crowded was it? Because there were maybe 50 people in the theater.
1: Ooh, how many people were there? Um, Maybe close to 100. Oh, okay. Mm, maybe. It was probably somewhere around there. And that was the, They did two showings, and- when we were leaving the theater, there were people filing in already to sit down, so um that was good. Um, the theater experience was it was um a typical uh movie superhero movie on a Thursday night experience of mm. people quietly chattering about who characters are oh, throughout yeah, yeah. the thing. Yeah,
0: you know, so you know you have that going, which is uh, yeah. I'll accept. I did hear a lot of chatter as the credits were rolling of people were like man, they should have done this and they should have done this. Oh, and really? really talking out about how there were real flaws in the logic that the X-Men did, uh, that all the characters did in the movie to get to the end. They're just like, oh, that sure. makes no sense. I mean, Jean Grey should have just done this or you know, so, yeah. so-and-so should have just done this. And I was like, well, there you go. There it is. There you go. If the audience of non, and these didn't seem like comic nerd people. Mm. of non-comic fans were pointing out all the flaws in the movie, then there's a lot of flaws in the movie. Gotcha. So
1: uh, so would you recommend this to anyone?
0: Eh, here's the problem. And this is this really weird situation. This is not a great movie, right? It's a no. good movie, not a great movie, not a horrible movie. It's a no. It falls into that... It's fine. It, it's a C-minus movie. Yeah, I'll give right? you that. Sure. Problem is... If we don't continue to... We fall in this weird cycle of if we don't support these movies, they're not going to make superhero movies. Right. So you kind of are in this habit of, if I want to see more superhero movies, I need to go see superhero movies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But at the same time, if you don't like something, you're supposed to vote with your dollar. and then right. the, the, But the studios will go, oh, so nobody likes superhero movies anymore. So uh, I can't say go see it. I don't think there's anything that adds to the X-Men story. Mm. I suppose if... I mean... If you love the X-Men, sure. Otherwise, meh. See it on video.
1: I have a friend who I go watch a lot of these with, and he is a lover of all things uh, superhero. Mm -hmm. And he was jazzed up about the film after we were done watching it. He was super excited, and he he doesn't care about plot holes or anything of that nature. He just likes uh, characters. He likes doing cool things on screen. So if you're like that, then this movie has a lot of probably really cool... Thanks for you to experience. Cool. Um, for me though, if I'm like, if you have a choice of movies uh, this weekend, uh, probably don't go watch this. Hopefully, the Nice Guys is still in your theater. Yeah, yeah. There you go.
0: And speaking <coughs> of Nice Guys, yeah, we did not get a chance to do that last week. No, because there were so many scheduling goof ups on everybody's end.
1: Yeah, and we were reenacting Wizard of Oz. Yeah, in and Kansas we that had week. storms
0: that week, so we couldn't come over and uh, review it. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to have Nice Guys next week. Yeah. Because it's one that's been out for a couple of weeks. And it's really weird we asked that question a couple of weeks ago. Do you want us to hold off on these reviews, get them out as soon as possible? Our goal is still to try to get them out as, as soon as possible. Yeah. Um. But some of you said, hey, if it's a movie that I really want to see, then, yeah, I have it out right away. But if it's one that I may not be that interested in, yeah, you could hold off. So people are just like, whatever you guys whatever want to do. Whatever we want. Whatever okay, you guys right, want to do. Great, so next fine. week, because we didn't get to do... Nice guys, we will have nice guys. Yeah, and then probably I don't know what comes after that oh, uh, on the big boy. lineup. I think we're running into Independence Day territories. Oh man,
1: stuff. did you did you get a trailer for Independence
0: Day? Yeah, it wasn't very good. No, I, I, I really don't want to see that movie.
1: Do you think it looks like like San Andreas on uh, a Red Bull
0: high yeah, it, of it, it,
1: just it. destroying the entire planet?
0: I I really don't want to see. I don't really want to see that movie. I, I really don't either, don't. but I do want to see if it's just 120 minutes oh, of I know. collapsing buildings. So next week, next week we'll do uh, Nice Guys because none of us want to see Teenage Mutant Ninja no, Turtles. No, we don't. Um, but the but we will do Warcraft. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll absolutely. see that on. We'll go see that on the 10th. I
1: mean, that thing has been in production for a long for, time, and it did yeah, a year yeah. of post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that thing
0: better well dazzle. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about delays from. It was a year and a half in post-production for a movie that didn't really need to have a year and a half of post-production when we talk Nice Guys next week. Oh,
1: sure. (laughs) Well, that'll be fun. I'm excited to talk about Nice Guys. You should all go watch it before uh, we discuss it next week on Zack on Film. But I think... Unless Stephen has any final I have thoughts, nothing else. that's it for this week's episode. Stephen, what's the best place for people to go to find comic book news and reviews? Majorspoilers.com. Absolutely. And you can find this podcast on that website as well Majorspoilers.com. Yes, to give all of your thoughts about X Men Age of Apocalypse. And while you're at Majorspoilers.com, click on that Amazon.com link on the right hand side of the page. You can do all of your great comic book shopping potentially, all of your movie shopping. If you use that link over at
0: Majorspoilers.com, it's
1: not going to cost you any extra when you do your shopping on Amazon, but a little bit of that money will come back to
0: Majorspoilers.com.
1: Absolutely. And that's it for this week's episode of Zach on Film. We'll see you next week.
0: This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.